Cool. Yeah, I'm recording. I'm good to go. The the okay. So tell me, you use pounds for for weight and for money. Yeah, it it doesn't get confusing at all somehow. But now that you've pointed it out to me, I feel like it should. It seems like it. Um, I don't. I don't know. Don't you guys like also use like miles sometimes? Wait, do you not use miles? No, we we use miles. I I think we all think you use kilometers. Yeah, I feel like the smart but, one, the smart wait. ones among us use kilometers. Um, I don't understand what a kilometer is. Like, I I mean, I know what I, it is in like maths. I just I couldn't tell you like in kilometers how far I am from something. Like, what what is it? Oh yeah. Oh, so so you guys say like oh like it's three miles away. Yeah, one because we're normal. We're normal. Yeah. Well, okay, but you use meters, right, and stuff. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different thing. Yeah, okay. What do you use? We have feet. We don't have meters here. You only use feet. We also yeah, use feet. Though. What, is that? what are you doing? <laughs> I think we exist just to fuck over every other country and confuse them. Yeah. Oh my Actually, god. you know what? Okay. While we're on the subject of cultural differences, were you, um, because I remember a lot of Americans were coming after me on Twitter over this. Were <clears> you <throat> for or against beans on toast? I've never, I've never, like, I would, I would never, I would never, <laughs> I would never. Um, I, I, I think I understand that that's a British thing, and I, like, I know that, and I knew that before, but I've never seen it, nor have I, like, heard of anyone actually consuming it. It's, but I, I do feel like you've never seen the. I feel I knew I knew it was a thing. I know it's a thing that you guys do. That was not news. I, I just have never. It's just not a thing at all here in any way. Well, have you seen pictures of it? Yeah, like I, or like in movies or you know stuff. <laughs> when I see British people like eating beans with toast and or and and then their cup of tea, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, guys, just <laughs> calm down. <laughs> God, I mean, let's not um, even get started on curry on chips. God, that's gorgeous. What? Yeah, uh, chips and curry. Yeah. Or oh, chip yes. butties. So you're outnumbered today. Nick. Okay, so well, right, but now because it took me a minute, because like first I have to translate chips into fries. In my <laughs> that's head. a good point. That's and good then, point. I, and then I have <laughs> to figure out what curry you're talking about. <laughs> it's two things. Um, also, being. Being Indian, I just have to say again, like, the word curry just it doesn't mean anything. It's like just saying the word food. Like, <laughs> it it doesn't, like, it doesn't have, like, a specific meaning to it. Like, there, there is such a spice that is curry powder. I don't know if that's, like, the yeah. main ingredient of the thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so, like, I am able to differentiate between different curries. Um, but it, over here, if you just order curry and chips, it will just be... I'm not even sure what curry they use. They just use standard curry flavour. But there's, flavor. like, an understood one that yeah. is, like, the one, I there's, guess? There's the curry, okay. and then you got the subcategories, like, your uh, vindaloos Hello. and stuff, you know? Oh, yeah, you're, you're, you're Vindaloo's and your ma- ma- Manchurians. And your Korma, which is the uh, only one I can have because I'm weak. That is weak, yeah. Um, vegetable Korma is pretty good. Uh, okay, so uh, thank you for joining us for our cultural exchange today. <laughs> um, we're. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm at my house right now. I'm at my mom's house um, back here for the holidays. Um, I'm looking dead on at a picture oh. of me from, uh, I'm going to guess, like, when I was... I'm gonna guess six or seven, maybe max. Uh, I am wearing a Jar Jar costume with a full mask. 
Um, Do you say a Jar Jar costume? Yeah, Jar Jar Binks from the Star Wars. Like, you you were a child who wanted to dress up as Jar Jar and, and enjoyed Jar Jar. I think... Th- I think kids liked Jar Jar. They th- I think that was the thing because he was stupid and he kept like eating apples and just like falling around, <laughs> falling over. Oh god! From I my memory, like I mean, Jess, can you remember? Like I used to be quite anti Jar Jar when I was a kid. I've watched it recently, um, and I think when I was a kid, I never really noticed <laughs> him. You but as an adult, <laughs> that's he's like really the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I never, I never really thought about it. Now, him. I am also looking at a picture here that my mom has put up of me when I was, I want to say this one, I'm three, and I am in a full Scooby-Doo costume. Oh lounging. Oh god. Yeah. There's a, a lot of stuff going on in this room. Um, yeah, but uh, this is Game Busters, I think. Um, <laughs> it used to be. The, the podcast formerly known as Game Busters. Yeah. Um, this one, it's going to be a lot like Prince. Uh I think less homophobic will be here, though, than Prince. Uh, we'll, we'll strive for that. That's um, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so this is a video game podcast where we look at the video games and we say, mm, that was pretty good, huh? Um, so each week we do a deep dive into a, a game or maybe a franchise that we just want to like talk about and relive, or maybe we want to like dunk on it. I don't know. It just depends on the week. But uh, I can't wait for our episode in, in a year when we can do Cyberpunk. <laughs> I'm so ready for that. I'm bottling up all the rage just for that. I wonder. I was actually. I was actually thinking. I was going to ask you. Like, uh, what what is your limit? Do you think? Because we're supposed to be like doing a retrospective on games. Like, when is the soonest we can do a cyberpunk episode? That's a good point. I think about a year. Well, this is. It's been about a year since Death Stranding. Yeah, it has. So I think this is. Now, if you talk about how long it feels, it does feel like it's been a year since cyberpunk (laughs) has been out. Uh, can we do like yeah. a retrospective on like the unpatched version? Does that count? Okay, yeah. When the when the new one comes out in like February, we'll do like a retrospective on the OG, the launch version. <laughs> um, great. So yeah, sorry. Uh, God, we're so off track. Um, yeah, I'm joined. Uh, as I'm sure you've heard her by now. Ree is here as well as always. <laughs> yeah, you probably definitely heard me by now. I'm sure. And then we have our special guest today is Jess from Game Luster. Hello. Welcome. All right. So, um, Ria, I got to get this out on the table right now. We're talking about Death Stranding today. How? What? What level of spoiler are you okay with? If I, I pretend you're getting curry, and they ask you like, what level <laughs> of spice do you want? Okay. Well, don't ask me that because I am the whitest person at Game Master ever. Okay. Like, uh, oh, like, same, I, I, yeah. That's, well, that's think, a lofty claim. I feel. Have like... you met Luke? <laughs> But I, I can handle Cassandra <laughs> at most, you know? Um, okay. Oh, that's the best curry, oh my god. But anyway, um, in terms of... Now, like, in terms of... Okay, a spoiler... Like, okay, on a scale from 1 to 10, and 10 is just, like, everything that ever happened, like, where, where are we sitting? Just just tell me everything. At this point, it's my own fault for not playing it. Um, Just to unleash all of this. Okay. Uh, all I spoilers. also want to just say like just the it's so confusing that like you will you will go away from this knowing less about it than you did when we started anyway. So Oh god, absolutely. Yeah, there is so much I to remember, unpack. I remember like um, <laughs> when it first came out, uh Jess you were playing it and like now and then I'd be like, "Oh, how's it going?" and you talked to me about it and I'd have no bloody clue what you're on about. So this is going to be fun. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, no, like, I was talking to my friend, like, as I was going through it, and I was like, Mads Mikkelsen is a ghost! And she's like, here, it's 4am. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, first let's jump into the Hall of Fame luster quickly. We're gonna try to speed through this episode a little, because we're recording a double today. Uh, we gotta, we gotta bank one for Christmas. Um, Wait, so, part the four uh, folder. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, but I think this is gonna be the Christmas episode, even though we're recording it first. I think the the one where we make the game should come out sooner because people will remember it and be more excited since they put in all their submissions already. Um, anyway, so let's, let's get into the hall of fame luster. Um, the moon, uh, last you remember, we have rented out a good chunk of the moon, about a hundred square miles from Elon Musk. So we're actually doing okay on space. We've actually been able to spread out a little bit. Um, today we actually don't, we, yeah, we don't need a lot of room today because, um, ours, Today we're looking at the best video game shoes in in honor of Norman Reedus's boots. Um, <laughs> so uh, this can be any like by, this, by the way, this is any footwear um, of any kind if you have something creative. So I'm guessing the one that I picked is obviously taken probably by Re. So I'm going to use my second back. I'm gonna, I have a backup ready. But I think I think Re, why I don't know. you go ahead and I think why I don't know. you go ahead and tell me the exact thing that I know you're going to say? See, I think I know what you think I picked. And which you would okay. also want to pick, but I'm not going to pick that. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so but... so cryptic. <laughs> but um, I was like, I thought, is it Sonic who you were thinking of? Yeah, obviously, right? Like the soap, <laughs> the classic red soaps. Of. Like obviously. Yeah, right? I, w- I was so close <laughs> to going with that, but then I changed my mind because I, I remembered that our poor boy Norman Reedus, he wears out his shoes an awful lot. Um, so I wanted to think of something really practical for him. And I had to go with Sora's shoes in Kingdom Hearts because they're just <laughs> like they're okay, just, that's that's very good. <laughs> like they're just clown shoes, like I'm just fucking clown shoes, yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's also like, sorry. Are we is the, in the fiction of this? Sorry, in the lore, are we adding Norman Reedus to the hall? But like he's wearing the shoes we're gonna, <laughs> yes, that are going to yes. win today. Of course, I mean okay, all right, like, all right. These are practical. That's good to know. Not only does he wear them throughout all the games he also like they're big enough so that he can grow into them you know like when you're a kid um and your, your mom you buys Norman Reese is gonna keep growing <laughs> he's a growing lad i'm sure you know so oh uh, just... we could oh we could uh you know what the thing is he does have a son uh who's like uh you know like nine or ten years old by the way that son's name if anyone doesn't know is mingus Reedus. that's not a joke <laughs> what <laughs> not a joke so Mingus Reedus can maybe hang out in the, in the Hall of Fame luster Mingus too. Reedus, you're making that up. No, I'm not making it up. Um, okay, that's very good. Jess, what did you bring? I was going to bring Sonic. Okay, do you have a back? Or you can I do Sonic. I yeah. like how we we all thought of Sonic. I because I, I don't really focus on people's shoes, and I thought well. I thought of Sonic because his shoes kind of take up like thirty percent of his body, so they're kind of like hard. <laughs> that boy is like thirty percent shoe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Sonic's classic. Um, my backup was uh from Hades. Uh, the Hermes shoes, the ones with the little wings on them that you can get, and they let you like levitate a little bit and add a bunch to your speed. Oh, that um, would be helpful. So like, there's they're like the, you know the the shoes he's wearing in the Hercules movie. It's those shoes. Oh. Right, Hermes flying shoes. <laughs> All yeah, right. our, our boy Norman could could do with them. I also just want to say I confirm that Mingus uh, Lucian Reedus is real. 
Oh my <laughs> Lucian? I know. <laughs> Why is that the part I don't believe? <laughs> okay, um, I, I don't even know what to do with this. Uh, let's just vote. I, I need to get out of this. Um, re- uh, what are you doing? Right, um, it's got to be Sora and Sonic with the Big Feet gang. Yeah, yeah Bigfoot gang, rise up. Um, okay, Jess, what about you? I've got to stick with mm-hmm. Sonic. I honestly can't think of anybody else who anybody else's shoes apart from actually maybe your character in uh, Fable One. You know where he's his like oh, feet God. like massive when you start off yeah. as a child. Yeah, that that, that stood out for me as what well. What is it about like these video games which give you like big feet? Like who in the industry has this foot fetish which is just infecting everything? <laughs> I was so thankful when you get past that intro bit and he finally like kind of grows into <laughs> his feet a bit. Of, like adult feet. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, the game Fable, you start with like adult sized feet as a child and then just grow into them as an adult. <laughs> huh. I things are really different over there in, in Europe, huh? <laughs> okay. We're learning a lot today. Um where It's rough. Just, over just it. where's your second vote going? <laughs> Uh, I've got a stick for Sonic. I think he's got. Well, such no, iconic well, you already did one for Sonic, and because of Axel's law, you do have to put it some, oh, okay. the other vote somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll stick it with the uh, Fable character then, because I don't know well, who the other. Well, two okay, are. so well now you've now you've done something else where you you've brought two contestants into the Hall of Fame luster, which <laughs> I, 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 which I, I also I guess <laughs> I guess I haven't forbidden before. So sure, the Fable. Man, so we're right. so we're and, now uh, gonna have Jess's law as well. <laughs> Jess's you... law, yeah. Jess's law is that you can only bring one entrant into the Hall of Fame luster. <laughs> oh god, I think that's more exciting than the the Hall of Fame luster. Like entrance is like the people who just require us to bring rules into the Hall of Fame luster. So Axel and Jess going strong now. Okay. Um. Great. I'm. I think I, I think I had a creative idea. I'm gonna give myself one, but I am gonna give one to Sora because because I laughed a lot. <laughs> and his shoes are so vague. He's like a clown. Uh um, also, okay, Norm, so this is gonna be fun. This is this is an this is an easy one because it's just one of each shoe, right? Yeah, it like, is. Yeah. So Sora yeah, one Sora shoe so on the cover of this week's episode is gonna be Norman Reedus with one Sora shoe and one Sonic shoe. It's not. It's not even that. <laughs> Honestly, though, like he, he's 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 just gonna look like a character from Cyberpunk at that point. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. Like I mean, this isn't even a, one of our most craziest like entrants. Especially no. This is gets... this is this has probably been the most mild Hall of Fame luster so far. It has you know? Yeah. Very calm. I mean, there was that one time mm-hmm. we we combined what was it, Snively and Chip. Snively, from... Snive, Chipley. I remember Chipley. Oh, I try to forget God. Chipley, but I do remember him. <laughs> oh, that was fun. All right, um, let's let's break right into it. Um, welcome to Bustums. This is for Death Stranding. Um, so I have made it known, I think before, but I'll, I'll say it again. I think. I don't want to put a hard yes on it, but Death Stranding might be my favorite video game ever made. I think it might be the best one. Uh, it is up there for sure. It's in it's in a contest for me, personally. So, I have a lot of love for this. I didn't play it until 
the PC port uh, this year in in uh, June, and I managed to avoid spoilers for the entire six months um, and got it completely fresh, and it was just mind blowing. So, um, let's talk a little bit about Kojima. So everyone knows our friend Hideo Kojima, of course. Um, he's pretty famous in uh, in the video game industry. Um, if you don't know him, he is the creator of the Metal Gear series and then Metal Gear Solid, uh, continuing from that. And, uh, yeah, so he started with Konami. Konami actually used to own Kojima Productions. Um, so back in the Dizay, um, Konami, you know, sponsored, basically kept giving blank checks to Kojima and saying, just fuck off, you know, do something and make us money. <laughs> and he did it. And, um, has, have you guys played any of the Metal Gear games? I tried. I haven't, but I've watched a few playthroughs. Yeah, of it. I tried to play. I think five, and I had no fucking clue what was going on. So, but I. Well, you're not I supposed to. So that means you're. Yeah. <laughs> I res- I respect them from a distance. Um, I have only started Metal Gear Five, and then I got like bombarded with a bunch of review stuff. Um, but I'm like three hours into that, and I love it so far. Um. I will I will be getting back to that after the holidays. But uh yeah, so Metal Gear Solid is um a very weird game. It's a weird series of games and they've done a lot to like sort of turn the industry like on its own head like a, a good bit of the time. Um they defy a lot of the basic logic that you think that you kind of just take to be a video game thing, if that makes sense. Um and I think that's really cool. They also are very cinematic. Uh, Kojima's very Kojima's like a huge film buff, and he has always said like, "I want to make I, I'm I'm make I'm making movies, but I, but they're not movies." Like he's every all the Metal Gear Solid games have been sort of his attempt to make a video game that feels like going to a big action movie, and I mean I think he succeeded to to my understanding in that. Um, but um, a quick history I don't know if you guys remember this in twenty uh in 2015 or 2014 actually uh after metal gear 5 came out uh there was some some stuff came out about how konami was like literally just kind of abusing kojima um hideo kojima had fallen into like a chronic depression like for the last like year and a half or something of development on metal gear 5 and um his productivity had fallen because of that and konami's response was to lock him away in in a room alone every day where he was not oh allowed, allowed to communicate with his team, and he had to basically code a lot of this game just on his own. He had a support team elsewhere, but he was not allowed to work with anybody else. And um, it obviously only added to his his depression. And he, you know, he said he spiraled into madness at some point, um, as anyone would in that situation. Of course, and, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I've been told by a lot of people, like, and I, I am still looking forward to playing it. But like playing through Metal Gear Five, you can. You can see the descent into into insanity almost, like in this game, um, and I don't know. I, th- I think that's that's interesting. I'm and I, I only say that because he, you know, he's out. Obviously, um, uh, he actually they had to hire some lawyers, and it took months, but eventually, like they were able to get him out of under under Konami's foot, um, and he was able. But Kojima Productions was disbanded under Konami, and. Uh, unfortunately, at the time, Kojima had also been working on, after Metal Gear 5, he had been working on Silent Hill, which he was doing with Norman Reedus, uh, the, and, the, and the Norman Fetus, I think it was in that too. And, uh, that came out as PT. Do you guys remember PT? Oh boy, yeah, that whole 
controversy. Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean, like you mentioned how um, you know they had that arrangement where Kojima made uh, Konami the money. Uh, obviously, yeah. at this point, Konami decided they hated money, which is the only way to explain what happened with PT. It's interesting because after yeah. that, like, ever well, I will say they've been consistent because they haven't released a video game since then. <laughs> yeah. It was also, it was quite devastating as well because when you watch uh, previous videos of uh, Kojima, like, all the way through his career, people ask him, what's your dream project? And he'd always say to yes, work on the Silent absolutely. Hill games. And it was it was kind of his goal ambition. So I just feel like felt absolutely devastated for him that he got pulled. And from after that. like playing through like PT, it's obvious that he would have knocked it out of the park. Like this this would have been a masterpiece horror game had it been finished. It's just it's just a demo, and even like then, it's still listed as like one of the top ten yeah, like, of horror all games time, of yeah. all time, even though it wasn't even a proper game. Yeah. It's it's just genius, but. If you haven't played it, I highly recommend you go watch the Game Grumps playthrough of it. It is maybe the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. Um, anyway, nobody's quite sure what happened with PT. Um, basically, like it is, it's developed by Kojima Productions and published by Konami, but it just showed up on the PlayStation Store one day, and without any warning or prompting or marketing, and people saw us from Kojima, downloaded it, and then uh, just a few days later, uh, it disappeared. The working theory, nobody, again, nobody knows what happened. The working theory around the internet is that Kojima had figured out how to terminate his relationship with Konami and was going to be leaving, and as a last sort of fuck you, uploaded what he had done to the PlayStation Store without Konami's say so, and then they found out about it and removed it. One absolute king. Uh, yeah, I, and again, I don't know that that's what happened, but I like to believe. Um,. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so uh, again, we've we've been dancing around it, but all of this led Kojima to, and then I, I remember his triumphant return at the Game Awards when he had his first public appearance in like four years because Konami also didn't allow him by contract to appear publicly in any way during the last few years there. Even though he's um, quite possibly the most one of the most endearing people in the gaming one industry. Of, yeah. He, yeah. Absolutely. They don't want him. <laughs> like, I, it's he... hard to like. It's hard to figure out, like, what Konami was sort of doing. And, like, again, they just... They haven't made any video games in four years now. Exactly. So, like, I don't know... <laughs> I, I don't know what they're doing. Like, he would... <sighs> he's, he was the best PR for them, because he's just such this genuine, passionate guy who puts so much into the games he makes. And they were like, nah, that shit's embarrassing, you know? Keep him backstage. Like, well, why? It, it's ridiculous, but... Uh, anyway, we're on to Death Stranding. So, Kojima, right away, when he left, um, when he left Konami and announced he was gone, he was forming the independent studio, Kojima Productions, reforming it from the ground up, and he said, like, we are independent, we are never going to be owned by anybody, we're going to be running ourselves, and what's really nice is that, all, like, I think, except for three or four people, every single person on his team from Konami left the company to come work for him. Oh, that's sweet. Like, it's it's really nice. So this is the same Kojima Productions that was making Metal Gear, like from top to bottom. Um, and you know these people, there's I think the studio is like about 150 people, to my understanding. So it's it's pretty pretty sizable. Um, but yeah, the uh, in 2016 at the uh, at uh, E3, 
they finally uh, debuted Kojima's new project. He had, he had already said like I'm working with Sony, um, like we are we are independent, but Sony's going to be publishing this you know um, project. I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. And finally, the first trailer dropped at E3. I don't know if anyone was watching live. I remember I was when that I came was. out. And oh boy, that that was something. <laughs> that was the okay. So that's where we got yeah. our first naked Redis. <laughs> that is also where the they had the whales. And then sort of he turned blue on the beach and then held the baby and cried. And it was eight yeah. minutes long and it was the best eight minutes of anyone's life up to that point. It was just, I don't even know how to put it into it. I thought it was a bit of a joke at first, especially when we started seeing naked and then he was crying. And I was like, okay, I guess this is happening. And then, I don't know, but then as soon as I found out it was Kojima, I was like, yeah, he's, he's got this. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's figured it out. Um <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, it, that that was when he announced that he was working. So the original trio, he was actually working with Guillermo del Toro and Norman Reedus on Silent Hill before that was canceled. So both Norman Reedus and del Toro came along with him and said, let's do it again. <laughs> Different this time. He must have so, like, yeah, the, but- cari- the best. He must be one of the most charismatic people in the gaming industry because he just brought all of these people. Including oh, yeah. Two people, people love him. Yeah, including two people who aren't even known for video games, like Del Toro, who was already burnt out on like two projects at this point, which hadn't panned out. And right. he managed. And, he and I think this was him, actually like, right. And I think actually when they started this, like, was around the time that like, because was it wasn't Del Toro supposed to do the Hobbit movies, and then he got like shit shit on and thrown out? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it he, was. It was yeah. not a good time for him. <laughs> it was not. Yeah, it was a really like rough parting uh, between him and. Uh, uh, warner brothers um man but anyway so the t- the trio is back together they appeared on stage and were like let's let's fuck it up i also brought in one quote i saw from from kojima that was if you can do one thing well then you can do everything well <laughs> i don't Aww. know if i don't i don't know if that's right i guess <laughs> i'm gonna pretend right? i know what that means i mean i I can sort of see where he's coming from with that. He's saying, you know, f- I think he's saying, like, find your passion in life, and that's all you need, and focus on that, and then you'll have everything. Well, this was when he was asked, like, are you ever going to make movies? And he said, like, oh, yeah, if you can do one thing well, you can do everything well. So he was like, I guess he was just saying, like, yeah, I could if I wanted to. <laughs> I'm too good for uh, movies. I would make I'm too a good. movie that's too good. I mean... I mean, just the ending of Death Stranding was a film it in was. itself, really. It was just two That's hours true. of pure cutscenes. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> th- the problem is, like, if Kojima made, like, a movie for, like, the theaters, like, the 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 ticket that they gave you would, like, I, I don't know, like, it would, like, imprint itself onto your skin and, like, brand you. And then, like, you would have to find, like, a person in the world with, like, a matching brand to yours. And that would be, like, the end of the movie. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like, it wouldn't just be a movie. It can't be no. that. It, it, that would be uh, too normal for him. So, um, yeah, Guerrilla Games actually did a lot of support uh, from Sony. They were really cool, and uh, Sony provided... And Sony, by the way, again, blank check for Kojima. They said 100%, we have no idea what you're doing. We're not going to ask any questions. Take as much money as you need. And Ko- and they actually only... It, it's actually... I'll give a bump to Sony here. They also didn't ask for... I don't know if they asked for it. They didn't. They didn't decide on exclusivity, even though they funded this project. Um, so it was it was a PlayStation exclusive for six months and then came out on PC, um, which was a which was apparently a mandate Kojima had from the beginning was like this is not going to be an exclusive and we are not going to be owned by Sony, and they were like all right blank check anyway. 
Like, he this guy's got to be the best salesman in the world. That's the thing. He just, I mean, not only did he score that deal, he then also went, you know, round Hollywood and just with a net and scooped up these actors and was like, hey, do you want to be in my video game? When I guarantee you, like, half of the cast probably didn't even know what a video game was. And you don't think he, they know? You don't. You don't think they're gamers? You don't think no. Max Mickelson's a gamer? I, I think he's too. No, he's too cool to be a gamer. That's probably true. <laughs> um. So yeah, Guerrilla Games. You know them from Horizon Zero Dawn, and they also did uh, Killzone. But they used their proprietary Decima engine and provided that to Kojima, and he was like, "Great!" And they built the assets in there. I saw an interesting note that like while they were starting development to learn how to use the Decima engine, they recreated their office they recreated their office like one-to-one inside the engine and would just like do fun stuff and hold parties in there (laughs) oh bless just to like learn how how the engine worked which is a great idea um so um i i remember i saw this quote also from sean layden at e3 2017 uh he was asked in an interview like so what genre of game is death stranding and he said like it hasn't been invented yet (laughs) just very cryptically like the genre, there is no genre to describe this game. Uh, and well, I, I mean, mean, I haven't, I haven't played Death Stranding, but is that true? I would say so. Um, there are elements of a lot of other genres in there, but overarching, I can see how it could be described as a new genre of game. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, so I actually saw another interesting thing from Kojima because he said, like, yes, this is a new genre of game called Strand. So he, he said this is the, the genre of game this is is a strand game. Um now when asked about that, he also said like back when Metal when I did the very first Metal Gear game, it was the first stealth game. There wasn't a word for stealth games at the time. And they just called it an action game because they didn't know what to call it. And like I mean he said like I effectively invented that genre anyway. Why can't I just do it again? Is he wrong though? He isn't. I mean like, he's not he's not wrong. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, he's he's just thing. so powerful. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Guillermo's in. Everyone's in. The album comes out to get everyone hyped. And uh, I don't know if you've heard any of the album. It's like a fucking bonkers album. Uh, that goes along with it. Like, there there is an album called Timefall, which is several gigantic artists. I think so. There's a Major Laser, uh, The Neighborhood, Bring Me the Horizon. Uh, churches they all did original songs about the world of death stranding like to hype everybody up and i'm sure um, he so didn't he even have to pay them he probably didn't even have to pay them he probably just like hit them up on like twitter or something like hey he do a song hey. for me and they're like hell yeah <laughs> hells yeah um yeah it's it's sorry go on <laughs> oh yeah he was going out for lunch with everyone during development like he i I was convinced that he wasn't even making a game. He was just meeting up with celebrities. It's possible. I mean, like, I remember that, like, uh, I also just remember that, uh, that Conan bit where, like, Conan O'Brien went to his office and, like, got scanned into the game and everything. Um, (laughs) if you haven't watched that on YouTube, it's very funny, but, like, like, Conan, like, arrives at Kojima Productions, like, when he's in Japan, and, like, he walks into this, like, white, empty room with, like, no doors or windows, and he's like, Hello? It's like, that's just the entrance of the office. It's just this <laughs> blank walled room. <laughs> and then, like, Kojima, like, appears from this door that slides out of the wall and this light bursts behind him. 
it's it's oh, just God. it's amazing like the the dr- i don't know his his flair for for drama it it appeals to me i think a lot um yeah yeah <laughs> we're gonna scan you into this and we're gonna make you do a lot of funny things <laughs> and, um all right so let's let's talk about this this game finally so we're here we finished development november 8th i want to say 2019 uh this game is released on ps4 i want to give a huge shout out to kojima because this was a big deal for him too before the playstation version was available for pre-order he told everybody on his twitter we are making a pc version it is coming out in june 2020 if you are waiting to play it on pc don't worry we got you and that is awesome because a lot of people would have double dipped on that i would have um but like i don't know i just want to give him a shout out for doing that that you know that's not very typical when you do things like this oh yeah Um, definitely and by the way the pc version is not just a port there's actually a lot of added content we can get to that in a bit um so uh let's talk about it so i've been talking a lot uh jess why don't you tell me as much as as you think you physically can about the this the world of death stranding it's been a year but i think i'll wrap my reins you um humanity is like on the brink of extinction uh because there's been these explosions called uh what the explosions called again it's um I've got a name. Well, the, well I think well, the, the, the apocalyptic event itself was called the Death Yeah, that was it. Um, and uh, with the explosions, these like uh, paranormal entities like turned up and they come from this place called the beach, which I, I think is supposed to be like an afterlife kind of thing. It is. Like another world where you can also go. Yeah, from what I understand, the beach is the collective subconsciousness it is the it is the subconscious thing that connects all of us all the time where like our minds live and um because this has happened humanity's kind of like scattered across um america they never mention any of the, the other countries it's just kind of like focused in america mm-hmm. um and um people were just kind of living in small colonies all by themselves and they're not really talking to each other and you get kind of high. You 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 play Sam Porter Bridges, who's a postman, um, and he gets hired by the president of the United States to basically go from one end of the country to the other and link it, delivering parcels, but then also linking people up to this network so they can they can start staying in touch, and um, they can start like rebuilding like government authority again in America. But then at the same time, your your goal is to get to the other side of America where um, you, uh, this woman called Amelie's been kidnapped and um, and she's like being held hostage there by this terrorist organization who don't want people to be linked together again. They want like independence. Um, and they've also been causing some of the explosions that are like partially responsible for some of the devastation mm-hmm. that's uh, happened. I like, uh, so I also mentioned Amelie is Sam's like sister um, to, to like, you know, and also the president of the United States is his mother. So um, that that's like her at the beginning. It's like her dying wish basically for Sam to reconnect the country that she's been trying to hold together. 
and they're he's very disaffected like he they they do not have like a working relationship with each other but he comes to her side when she's dying right and her last wish you know is for him to do this and then like you know upon getting the the news from amelie like uh you know she messages him you know in her hologram message and is like troy baker is holding me hostage (laughs) um and uh it's yeah so like that that's the driving force that because sam by the way like i think the thing about sam is that he also doesn't he doesn't um he doesn't want to do this at the beginning he's a very reluctant protagonist um and i i appreciate that because like he's he's reluctant to like because i mean he he looks at the world and he's like everyone's disconnected everyone is isolated no one can talk to each other but like what could i do and like why should i care about what happens to anybody else but like th- this threat of like you know his, his sister being uh taken away is like enough to get him moving and on the way like you know a ragtag band of heroes forms basically from the uh, the bridges company oh by the way i don't how did we not say this <laughs> sam porter bridges his his middle name is his job and his last name is the company he works for i don't think that's ever explained <laughs> i was so confused by that <laughs> um yeah, so Nor- Norman Reedus is, is uh, and by the way, like, Norman Reedus doesn't do a ton of talking, but, like, th- this is motion captured with, like, you know, facial capture and everything. He does some of, like, probably the best, like, body acting, I guess, I've, I've seen in a video game. Like, he is so expressive with his, his movements and his facial expressions, like, he doesn't need to talk very much. Um, I also mentioned, like, the just thematically, like, Norman Reedus, uh, his character is, like, he has this what is the fear what is the what is the phobia called he has a phobia of there's a phobia of touching other people um i don't remember what that's called he's not like Uh, a germaphobe or something is he no it's not that it's like a there's like there's like a name for it. it's like a, a you know a condition where you are afraid to contact someone else's skin um and so it's due uh, to his because he's also um he's got this ability where he can um he can when when he dies he goes to the beach but then he can return back to um to the real world again but because he's got this ability he's also got this uh, connection with the bbs who are the paranormal entities that are kind of like stalking the land and um so he's got this uh condition where he can detect them but then at the same time it also makes him um kind of not want to touch people because i think it makes them like sensitive yeah i I, i'm gonna try to explain this so (laughs) the i'm sure you've seen the babies in the pod the bbs um and you're like what's up with this uh so during the death stranding the death stranding apocalyptic event this series of explosions it uh it killed the idea of death the concept of death was destroyed that day and so on that day millions of billions even of people from earth that were alive were just knocked over into the world of the dead without going through the process of dying in a similar wait, fashion yes yeah. wait hold on how do you go into the afterlife without dying you 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 just are dead at that point you have not like they they didn't nothing killed them but they are dead now and they're gone and okay. so okay in the other in the other on the other side when the explosion happened the a lot of billions of dead people who have been dead for a while got knocked back into the world of the living but they are they did not become alive they are still dead <laughs> and those that is what the bts are the wraith looking things 
And each of them okay. is tethered still to the other side by an umbilical cord that is connecting them back to the death, uh, back to the world of the dead. Um, now, I know all this sounds insane, and it only begins to make any sort of sense when you think about the entire... This is a very, like, uh, a top-down game. The entire game, every single piece of the world and the setting and the characters and the gameplay was built around the idea of things being broken apart and connecting them back together. And, like, all of it works together just perfectly. Like, so, uh, each of these, I don't know, like, so, Jess, like, I don't know, you, maybe you can, like, talk about the social features a little bit. Because, like, that, that is the thing that really, like, I think sets this game apart and above everything else. Uh, yeah, so, um, this is where the strange genre comes in. So the, the close, closest thing I can uh, refer it to is the Dark Souls games, where the multiplayer system in the Dark Souls games is that um, you can just kind of see ghosts of the players. So they leave behind messages and then you can see their ghosts after they've died. And then uh, sometimes their messages will help you out or sometimes they can be summoned into a boss battle. And it's very, it's very similar to the system that goes on in Death Stranding, only um, there's no invasions by the players. Um, the online world is purely there to help you out for your, throughout your journey. So as you go along further into the game, you'll find things that other players have left behind in their own world. So say if they've lost some equipment, you can pick up that equipment and they could build a bridge and then you'll see that bridge um, in your own world. You can leave each other ropes and stuff. And as you come across these items, you can leave the player a like to tell them that it's been useful. And the more times it gets liked, the more times it's seen by other players. So it's um, it's kind of wholesome, really, because um, you never see in, see any other players in your world and you're essentially like alone. It's it's supposed to be this journey where that sound goes through on it um by himself, but then you're also constantly reminded that really you're not alone because everybody's linked up through this network. Yeah, and so like as you as you travel from region to region and you place down the internet lines, um the chiral network, uh and you reconnect the world, like everything comes online and that's when other people's buildings start to show up. And I mean, I'm sure it was the same for you. I can count, like, over a dozen times. Like, I was on the verge of death and someone else's structure saved my life. Like, it's, it's, it is, un I don't know. I, it's just, like, the thing is, like, these people, like, once you travel through a region, like, you can leave stuff there, too. Like, you don't have to, like, come back and do stuff there. But the thing is that, like, this, I guess the point I'm going to get to at the end, but I'll bring it up now, is, like, I think Death Stranding is so phenomenal and really transcends media because it forces the best version of you out. There is there is no room in this world for you to be selfish, for you to dislike people, for you to be greedy. There is there is no way to take. There is only a way to give. And the only thing you can... Ah, yeah. uh, you say yeah, that, but play it... Play, players did find a way funny enough to grief each other in the very early um, oh, okay. when the game was very first released um there was this uh one issue where people were shoving their very large vehicles down to like the crevices of um of like yeah. canyons and stuff you know yeah, yeah. you know the um yeah. the npcs yeah. who live at, live in the mountains and stuff they would shove their really large vehicles down these crevices so then 
other players can't actually access oh my god (laughs) so you'd come across like a cave or something and you can't get in because about 50 players have like thrown their lorries i I guess they patched that eventually (laughs) Um, i mean yeah they've now given you the option to be able to delete vehicles (laughs) i mean it was a lovely sentiment and to be fair for the most part from what i have seen it looks like it has brought out a lot of good people especially this year with the pc port because i think 2020 obviously um right i think it's very relevant um this sort of, yeah, like we'll, sense we'll, of isolation we'll yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um but also you know gamers will be gamers there's always going to be people griefing <laughs> right um there yeah the gamer gamers are going to be gamers um but yeah like i uh like for instance when i was playing i i played this game for review i had a review copy on pc and um like a, a few weeks ahead of release and so interestingly, like the only people online on the PC version were me and like forty something other reviewers, right? So like I actually kind of got to know everybody's like usernames that were floating around because there were only so many of us. Oh, um, that's and sweet. like, yeah, it was kind of nice. I was like, oh, Larry forty four five five six. Oh man, what's up, dude? Um, <laughs> uh, but like, also funny. <laughs> there was like, um. There was, like, some uh, thing where it was, like, Kojima Productions, like, had a bunch of people also playing the game with us to make sure we had enough structures and everything. So, like, I would constantly see, like, uh, you know, structures from, like, Kojima Productions unit number 53653 or something. <laughs> that could have been Kojima himself. You never know. You never know. Um, yeah, but it's um, it's just incredible. Like, uh, the uh, the story also is, like, I don't know why, but, like, this story hit me, like, harder than maybe anything ever. And I think it is because of what 2020 has sort of become and, like, how it tied so closely into the pandemic. Um, and I-, I actually made a video about this a long time ago. You can go check it out on uh, on our uh, YouTube channel on uh, Game Luster. But it, it uh, if anyone remembers, this game came out a week before The Last of Us 2 on PC. And it... Um, it drew a very interesting like opposite to it because uh death stranding is a story about how like no matter how hard the earth itself like the the in this story the universe itself is personified and it is trying to kill us the the universe is determined to make humans extinct and and it and it is it is personified into a character and everything like it's very very on the nose and yet even through all that like humans are able to persist the we 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 care about each other when we stay connected to each other we cannot be killed it's like is like the lesson there is no way to stop people when we come together whereas like in you know the last of us it's sort of a story of the deterioration in the opposite way where everybody is split apart and begins to become tribal and become factions and hate each other and kill each other and there is no room left for love in this world (laughs) ruining your own life seeking revenge and it's really good yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i will also say like what we needed the, yeah and like i will also say like ha- had both of those games come out without the context of the pandemic i'm sure i would like death stranding a little less and that i would like the last of us a little more i'm, I'm thinking but yeah the so kojima has been asked about this because obviously the the conditions of death stranding mirror the the pandemic a lot and uh i remember a very fun quote where they asked him like 
or like, can you see the future? And he said, if I could see the future, I would have sold a lot more copies of Death Stranding. <laughs> um, but it is, it is worth noting that like, because I think we, we forget this, but in China, the coronavirus did start in November. In fact, just a few days after the first coronavirus cases, just a few days after this game came out um in november no why didn't you tell us kojima why didn't he tell us i know konami screwed you over like but was this really worth it um yeah i don't don't know like i and also i have to say like troy baker as uh as the villain higgs in this game is maybe my favorite villain in any video game ever i think it is he turns in like the most charismatic performance i maybe have ever seen um and also, like, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I do have to talk about, there's this one scene where um, you get a parcel, you get given a parcel. It, it Usually you'll go it to a terminal and this parcel will come through the terminal and it goes through this system. And then one time it doesn't, it doesn't come through. And then this guy who, bear in mind, you know Troy Baker's the villain by this point, and this guy comes out suspiciously looking like <laughs> yeah. Troy Baker. He's just wearing a uniform. <laughs> the and he's like, oh, sorry, it's not gone through the terminal properly. Here's your parcel. And when you go into the parcel's description, it's I think it says it's a bomb, and it says it's come from... Um, one of uh, your friends called that fragile, uh-huh. but before it got to her, uh-huh. it was given to her by Troy Baker. <laughs> throughout this whole mission, I was like, um, I was like, what? What? Why is it like? Fra- um, why is it registered as fragile? What's in this? And you could just, you just knew it was a bomb. I I remember seeing a. I remember seeing a, a meme about that with the, like the SpongeBob thing. Like, oh, this we made it in a factory, a bomb factory. It's a bomb, <laughs> and it's like halfway through the mission, and then Sam generally acts surprised. I think it's supposed to be like a twist halfway through the mission that this thing is like it's a trap, it's a bomb. They're like, and he's like, oh no, that was the bad guy back. Then. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but like you, you, but like you know, it's Troy Baker because it's it's hard to it's it's this it's him. Like it's hard to hard to miss him. Um, he is wearing some delightful eyeliner though that I love. Um, but yeah, like I also have to say, um. I, I want to say quickly, this is not a walking simulator game. Like, if if I had to if I had to classify it, it's a, it's an action adventure game. Like, you, it, I I don't know why so many people decided it was a walking simulator. Like, there is a lot of work you have to do with the like understanding the physics of how to how to move your Norman Reedus. Like, the um, because you have to like actually balance the packages, figure out how much weight is on each side of his body. Figure out what supplies you can afford to take with you from point to point. Get from point to point by dodging around obstacles and walking around wa- rocks and bodies of water, getting up and down cliffs and mountains. And then, of course, there's enemies, right? There's like the BTs, which are like horrifying when you encounter them. Oh, do you do you? How did you feel on your your first um, BT explosion? What I don't remember what they're fucking called, but yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, it went awful. Um, I, I actually got to this point about halfway through the game where I used to just like mow my way through the BTs for a truck. 
but I remember like my very first time. I think I snuck about like void out. It's two meters void into out. that forest where you've got yeah, void out. <laughs> yeah, void out. I, I think I was sneaking like about two meters in there, instantly got spotted, and then I spent the rest of the mission like running for dear life, running into about twenty bosses. Oh, that's the point. When you get caught by the BBs, you get dragged into a boss battle. So if you do this multiple times, then you end up doing about like five boss battles in that same area. In the uh, in the void out areas, it, it's it's stressful. Uh, man, Rhea, there is so much lore we have like literally can't even talk like get to talk about because there's so much of it. Like for instance, when somebody dies now, if you don't incinerate their body within thirty minutes, they cause a void out and summon the BTS. And then there's another oh. boss battle of a giant wraith monster that like has millions of minions climbing out of the goo to drag you down with them. Oh boy, it's amazing. Oh. Also, I have to say, the the final the final um bat not the final final boss battle, but like the the last one against Troy Baker is one of my favorite like boss battles in video games. Like you know, talk about on the beach there. Um, I also don't know if you noticed this in yours, but I did in mine. All those cases that you find lying around on the beach that you like keep hitting him with are all the packages that you dropped during your journey that got washed into the sea, <laughs> and like they washed back up on the beach. Yeah, so, like, the more you fucked up, the more, like, weapons you have lying around. Oh, I'm, I'm glad I was terrible at yeah. playing it. <laughs> yeah, same. Which reminds yeah. me of in, I think, Metal Gear oh, 2 two or 3. Please don't kill me, Metal Gear fans. It's one of them. Um, there was, like, the river. You know what I'm talking about? Where the end of, like, near the end of the game, every single uh, character, every single enemy that you've killed there's their their spirit climbs out of the river of souls and like you have to fight all of them at once and like it, it's oh, dependent yeah. on how many people you've killed and if you manage to not kill anybody there's no there's no fight <laughs> but like again remember that was like 2002 so that was like fucking mind-blowing right like no one had ever done something like that that's the thing where does kojima get these ideas from the man just invented video games <laughs> Wait, 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 oh my on. god, we I, haven't I, even I, talked about the Norman fetus. Yeah, actually, yeah, can I can I just huh? ask the, the babies in the pods, uh-huh. what the fuck? Why does he okay. have to have a baby All right. with him? Okay, so the babies that are in the pods are babies. So when, when, the, when the Death Stranding happened, a lot of uh, pregnant mothers got knocked over to the other world, but their babies did not. And those babies oh. that were left over here are still tied by their umbilical cord to their mother, who is in the world of the dead now. But these babies... So these babies are both alive and dead at the same time. They have this un- unbreakable connection to the to their, to their the uh, the world of the dead. And by plugging into them like that, and plugging a machine into them, rather, um, with the, the little, like, you know, I don't know if you've seen it. It's like a little spotlight that sits on your shoulder and, like, flaps around. Yeah, it, it yeah, de- yeah, it, it detects BTs, and it can do that because it's connected to the BB. And so, like, and on that note, by the way, there is a character, Mama, uh, Margaret Qualley plays her. Um, her. Her name's just Mama. Who, who knows, man? Um, but it's, it's like a tragic story because her, um, she was pregnant when the Death Stranding happened, but her, her baby was taken to the world of the dead, her unborn baby while she was still pregnant and she lived and she built a lab back up around where that happened because if she walks 
too far away from where her baby died, she can feel the umbilical cord stretching and breaking, and she will lose her baby forever. And so, Kojima, like, how did you, how did Kojima come up with that? Bloody hell! This right, guy. and but because of that, she's also able to talk. She's able to talk to her her daughter, who's in the the world of the dead, even though her daughter can't talk back because she's a baby. But like, it's it's and and honestly, I'll have to, I have to say like when when she like finally like cut the cord and everything and let her daughter be like free like and pass on to the next life, I fucking bawled like a child and I had to turn off the turn off the game. Yeah, same. I think it prepared us so for the ending of the actual yeah. game because throughout the whole game, Sam's yeah. kind of like building up a relationship with his BB, even though he's not really yes. supposed yeah. to. The BB's it's a machine. BB it's a tool. Can't yeah. survive yeah. outside that pod. It's a tool. Yeah, but he he still be it's it's like Baby Yoda and the Mandalorian. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> it's it's the Mandalorian. So not only did Kojima predict coronavirus, he also predicted Baby Yoda. Is there anything this man can't do? <laughs> He foresaw the baby Yoda. <laughs> He's like building an attachment to this ba- baby all the way throughout the game. And that's where Mads Mikkelsen's character comes through. Because Mads Mikkelsen was a scientist who, who uh, died in battle. And basically, um, he had a baby who became a BB and he's haunting Sam throughout the whole game, like dragging him into these beaches, which are like world war, um, war simulators. Yeah. So he t- drags him into one, which yeah. is based off world war one, world war Vietnam, two, yeah. Vietnam. It's, and, 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 Cause he's it's like, mer- he's like hunting it's down it. Sam to reclaim his baby. Um, because it was taken yeah. from him. And then at the oh, very end of the game, oh, in like yeah. the two, the two hours, Oh, it's so oh sad. You basically you find out that actually oh it happened so long ago that Mad McKelson's BB, the one he's looking for, was actually Sam when he was younger, and Sam's the... grown up into an adult now. So... But he used to be a BB. Oh my god, just so perfect! Like the whole time when you're fighting Mads Mikkelsen in these boss fights, like he's walking towards you like a ghost, you know, and he's like, "Give me my BB! Like I want my BB!" And he's he's trying to come to you, right? Like. He's not trying to take, like, you know, the the BB you're carrying. He doesn't care about that. Like, he's trying to come to you. He's trying to find his son again in the afterlife. Oh my god. I'm literally about to cry again. That The last scene is so fucking heartbreaking. Oh. <laughs> uh. Um, because Sam realizes that he was once a BB and he survived outside the pod, um, at the very end of the game, he thinks his BBs died. I can't. It goes into shock or something. I can't remember what happens to it, but it's it's presumed dead. Yeah, yeah, and as he's yeah. taking it away to create the body, he just tries bringing it outside the pod to bring it back to life again, and it works. And then, like, it, he just like finishes it off by calling it, um, calling the BB Louise because he finds out it's a girl. This whole time. Yeah, because he was calling it Lou the whole time. Um, <laughs> there's like a, there's like a little stinger afterwards, and he's like Louise. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> the um that that part is so the ending is so good because like the whole thing of him like having to carry the burden of rebuilding America is like over, you know, like he's connected all the cities again and like there's a new president and et cetera, et cetera. But like you know, he, like he is still trapped in this like system and and Louis is still or Louise is like still still trapped in the system and that, that doesn't allow for either of them. And so like the final, the final thing you do is like disconnect yourself from the network, and you and your your uh, 
your daughter venture out into the world to start a new life. Such a nice ending for a game like in an action in the action genre where you have like these, these like hyper masculine characters and then just to have this ending in like this major game where it's oh he he just settles down and becomes a dad that's so unbelievably sweet <laughs> people love okay um, people people want gruff dads they want kratos they want geralt they want the mandalorian like this this is a and especially people love gruff bounty hunting dads they do um i mean it's that's it's i mean like you know it's it's because like all the people in the games industry that were playing games when they were kids like are now like in their like early 40s and they all have like a a six-year-old daughter and like they're all just like this this is it (laughs) you know (laughs) this is this is it um yeah it's uh it's by the way the game is about 40 hours long but i will qualify like maybe five hours of that is cutscene um it is I and I know people are good like, oh, at like watching cutscenes. Like this is a these are these are like movie quality cutscenes. Like they are you you actually just put down the controller for like, you know, 10 15 minutes usually and you're like you're it's like you're watching a an extremely high budget like sci-fi short film. Budget like sci-fi um, short film. And the acting um, is so good like throughout this It's incredible. It, it, it yeah. is basically like an animated movie during these cutscenes. Like the graphics are gorgeous. The acting is like brilliant, and I they uh, the motion capture as well is like really well mm-hmm. done. There's like so many different facial expressions and like, and, like movements they do. Also, do you feel like, I know, like so? I know Mads Mikkelsen won the award for best performance last year, which he was amazing. But do you feel like Tommy Earl Jenkins did better? The um, who was a Die Hard man? That that like his his like final speech like actually again made me cry in real life. Basically, Tommy Earl Jenkins plays the president's right-hand man, and he doesn't have much of a story, right, until, like, the very end, where you find out he was Mads Mikkelsen's, like, best friend back in the day, and he's partially the reason why Mads Mikkelsen's baby died in the first place, and he lost him. Um, And I think he killed Mads Mads Mikkelsen as well, and he basically has this, like, um, this monologue in the final, um, in one of the final scenes where he's, like, begging Sam for forgiveness and just saying how, like, how much of an awful person he's been, and he just doesn't feel like he does, he becomes president right at the very end, and he just doesn't feel like he deserves it after what he's done, but um, Tommy O. Jenkins' performance is just, like, completely outstanding. Oh my god. Yeah. Also, I was just... (laughs) I was just thinking about the ending when, like, when Mads Mikkelsen is, like, holding, like, you know, the baby and, like, he's dying there. And because Mads Mikkelsen, his name is Cliff Unger. Um, his his character is just like, like, I was just a Cliff. And now that I end, you are my bridge to the to the future, like to his child. And then he dies. And I just fucking cried again for the 19th time that day. <laughs> All right, uh, you win. I'm I'm gonna fucking play this game. Yeah, just... you should. <laughs> um, I'll also mention quickly the the PC version is definitely preferable. There is theoretically a PS5 version coming that can do 60 FPS. That's what I've heard. I don't think we have confirmation on it. Um, this game you need if you have a good PC, like enough to to do this. Like 
this needs to be played in in 60 fps at like the highest settings you can like it is gorgeous beyond belief and also the pc version comes with a bunch of half-life and portal stuff and not just stuff but like quests and items and characters like it's a whole ton of shit and now cyberpunk stuff they actually added cyberpunk yeah but it also runs it runs very well on the on the uh base yeah, game consoles as well my ps4 i don't think yeah, i had any gl- i don't think no, i had it is any extremely glitches. well optimized i don't remember well, it well, extremely well optimized the whole way through so yeah um, especially because uh, i i played it within like the first few weeks of its release and i think it it, it, it had a really good um yeah. release it, it it was basically yeah. perfect remember when video games came out and you could play them <laughs> I feel like a boomer hearing that. I've been I've been saying that for years, and now I just feel like I need to accept that that's not the way it is anymore. It just ain't the thing. Um, no. The I just so I was looking back at the outline. I think we'd done uh, my one of my points here, which was explain literally everything. We are nowhere near done with that, but we're gonna probably cut it there. Um, so yeah, like I, I have to just say, like. Um, are there are there enough ghosts? I think there's plenty of fucking ghosts in this game. There is I don't, a there's lot so of many ghosts. and they're so scary. Yeah, possibly need, too many ghosts. I don't need any more. There's already too many. I'm actually gonna call Shall it we, on this one. Let's let's remove some and we'll save them for another game. Yeah. We'll 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 save them for later. Alright, so um time for time for games quickly. This isn't gonna take too long. I have a a, a list here of So Kojima is pretty well known for um kind of his i'll say insane character names um <laughs> just for for some for instances uh like re some of the characters in uh, death stranding are of course sam porter bridges we have die hard man we have hard Ma- heart man and we have uh uh what what is fucking guillermo del toro dead man <laughs> and then Wait. fragile and then uh yeah it's it basically it goes like that right there is a guy named oh Die Hard Lord. Man. Don't think about it too much. Wait. Um, oh, so wait, wait, when you said Die Hard Man, you I thought that was a meme or something. But <laughs> no, no, that's there, his actual there name. There is a man. There's a man named that's Tommy Earl Jenkins. He is Die Hard Man. Die because he di- because I, because he and his by the way the character uh, Tommy Earl Jenkins his character's real name his birth name is John McClane also. And, and why? And, well because, of, well, because of the movie Die Hard, do you know? Like, you know, I, I, I get that. I'm I'm aware of that being. It's Die Hard Man. This... Like he's you know he's he's from the movie Die Hard. Like that. I don't know what's so hard to Ke- figure out here. No, but it's just Kojima. Why? Why would you call someone Die Hard Man? <laughs> why? Because of the movie Die Hard. <laughs> I I get that, but why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this has reminded me of I I can't I was I, I had a um a British friend I was talking to be, and about uh so I, I'm sure you guys are aware of this how um over in the UK um the uh the song Mr. Brightside has not left the charts in like twelve years the top forty oh don't it's literally um, our national anthem at this point <laughs> and like I I remember asking like what's up with that like and I, he was just like it's a good song man I don't know what to say <laughs> I was like okay. I guess so. Um, sure. So, any um, any British sure. person you ask yeah. will know the lyrics off right. my heart. Yeah. To, to, uh, I don't even know the right. lyrics to our own national <laughs> No, that's the thing. I don't either. But I I could do Mr. Like yeah, Mr. Brightside any time. 
but I'll yeah let, I, let, the, the only thing i gotta ask are, are we are we human or are we dancer <laughs> that's a tune that's a certified tune as well has yeah. to be said Um, okay, so, uh, I didn't have a name for this, I'm, I'm just gonna call it the Kojima Code, cause that's fun, cause Konami sucks ass. Um, and, uh, so what I've done here is I have, <laughs> I've assembled some characters from the Metal Gear games, lesser known characters, and I've also used a random word generator, <laughs> um, oh, to boy. create some character names. So, we're gonna try and figure out which of these are, are real or from a random word generator. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I hope this, I, I think it's going to work out. Let's see. Uh, Mercury Lady. <laughs> you real. Think? I, I think real, maybe. Yeah, she is real. She's a Kojima character uh, from Metal Gear. Um, how about it Dol- could have gone either way. Yeah, how about Dollface? <laughs> fake. Fake, yeah. That's yeah. A fa- that was a fake one. That was a random word yeah. generator. Uh, Iroquois Pliskin. We'll say that again. <laughs> Iroquois Pliskin. Those are Native American tribes. Okay. Real. real. Yeah. Yeah, that's a real one. Uh, that that that's that was a little too crazy. How about Wicked Magician? <laughs> By the way, if you don't know, there is actually a lot of magic and sorcery in the Metal Gear games and like demonic stuff. Yeah. What? It is. It is. <laughs> It's about it's about everything. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go with fake. Fake? Okay, yeah, that is a fake one. You guys are doing well so far. How about careless butcher? <laughs> Real. Um fake. Fake, that's a fake one. But how do you feel about cyborg ninja? Cyborg ninja? No, that's gotta be fake. That's a real one. You're doing good, Jess. Trust oh my god. Uh, how do you feel about Big Mama? Big Mama? <laughs> I mean, there's already Mama in Death Stranding, isn't there? There is, yeah. So is, is there, like, a larger version of her called Big Mama? Um, She's the final I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, there is. You going to say real? I'm going to say real. Real? Okay, that is a real one. Um, all right, we've got two more. <laughs> how about Skinny Driver? god real aha uh-huh, that's a fake one i feel good about that because it sounds like mini driver <laughs> <laughs> um all right last one black whisper real real that's a fake one too real. oh wait no because yeah because what sorry i was gonna say isn't whisper a character but no that's quiet from Metal yeah, Gear yeah. Five. Quiet is a different character. All right. Um, good work, everybody. We did we did pretty well on that. Um, so let's uh let's close out. Thank you, uh, guys, for for joining us. Um, and thank you to Todd Howard for. I, I mean, I guess I don't know. Does Skyrim was Skyrim in this one somewhere? Do we do something with that? Um, I mean, maybe he implanted the idea of climbing mountains. Oh, you know what? Actually. <laughs> One thing I did note, I think, in my review, actually, of Death Stranding was that, like, when when Todd Howard said, look at that mountain, you can climb it. <laughs> this is the game he was talking about. Um, <laughs> he's, uh, it wasn't quite there with the technology at the time. Um, except if you had a horse, you could ride, a, you know, ride up the mountain vertically uh, at 90 degree angles, which was fun. <laughs> um, okay, so... Um, 
let's see so yeah you can find us at gameluster.com um we have some good youtube videos come find us at youtube.com slash gameluster i had a video about cyberpunk that did pretty well recently the genre and um my review of cyberpunk 2077 just went live for the the pc version only very specifically um not, <laughs> yes. not, not the console one. Uh, that's which, a distinction we we need to make yes um so uh yeah um jess uh, uh you got any plugs where can people find you what you doing haven't really said anything recently, but I am in the process of writing my own cyberpunk uh, review as well for Game Luster. Um, I'll be reviewing it on PS4, so if you're looking for how much of a train wreck it was on that, then yeah, keep, keep an eye on that. Great. Um, and uh, Rhea, how about you? Yep, same here, working on um, my cyberpunk review. So uh, me, Jess and Axel are doing one for each life path. Uh, I'm doing Street Kid, and we're all playing on PS4. So this was before we knew very... that all the life paths were the same game. Yeah, it's it was a way cooler idea like two months ago when we started planning it, but we've locked into it now. It's happening, so you're just gonna hear three people go through the various bugs they found. But you know how much they sort of enjoyed it as well i don't know i need to play it more before i figure it out and also um i think at some point tomorrow we're gonna record um uh, me nirav and axel should be recording just a like oh, I found, sorry so- i found out my mom told me we're going on a day trip tomorrow very early in the morning unfortunately okay so me and axel then <laughs> will be um doing like uh some sort of impressions <laughs> Well, at some point we will have a video up just sort of discussing where we are at the game so far because some of us haven't completed it yet. Um, And just like just where we're at now, you know, a week after we've started playing it, what state the game's in, how we feel about the future of it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So keep an eye out for that. Um, I'm I guess the the answer is apprehensive. Yeah. so pretty much yeah um yeah if you guys like the show please recommend us to friends rate us on you know google or apple Podcasts or wherever you get your stuff or um yeah and also we're you know come check us out on on twitter at, at gamebusters pod and uh yeah so um who who won we had two winners right both both you guys oh lord ju- just submitted two things yeah um, so yeah. let's see yep so it was it was sonic and Sora who won so that's yeah. that's, that's jess and I. okay well this is good so uh i guess to close us out um to break us out of this podcast if uh jess if you could um because uh because you brought sonic if you could say something in sonic's voice and then if uh Rhi, you could say something <laughs> in sora's voice at the same time i, I think that'll help us <laughs> i tried i'm I can't remember what he sounds like. They, they sound don't know what he sounds similar. like. They sound. I've only played the um the Mega Drive <laughs> ones. You know the uh the ones where you go through um what? Uh, it's like you know the platform. Okay, game. so Jess has to be silent then. <laughs> okay, um, R- Jess, make the sound. Make the sound of collecting a ring. And... <laughs> I don't. I honestly, in my head, he sounds exactly the same as Sonic. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. I can't. I can't distinguish it too. So I'm just gonna be like, "Oh yeah." Come like, on, Goofy. Oh. We gotta go collect all the chaos keys. <laughs> yeah, that was scarily good. Oh my god. Maybe, maybe that'll be the end. <laughs> okay.
because of the movie Die Hard. <laughs>